what foundation you are building on. We have several scriptures we're going to, and the reason why I feel that God placed this upon my heart to bring to you is because this is being done. That's why that so much of our work, good work, is in vain. Is because of the foundation we are putting it on. Now we read about the man that built his house on the sand. We didn't we we did not read where that the material was bad. It could have been good material, but the foundation that he built it on was a bad foundation. And see, good or bad, if it's wrong, it is wrong. Now, I'm going to jump a little ahead of myself, but it's in our lesson. That's the reason Paul said, take heed how you build thereon. Well, you can be on the right foundation, and your material is bad. So we've got to be very, very careful of what kind of foundation we're building on. Tonight we're going to talk about two, two you know about. I thought about three or four, but I want to get right to the point and I want you to be able to see clearly what God is trying to show us and what is going on. Now think about millions of people that don't say everybody doing things uh, wrong. There are some good things that a lot of church folks is doing and you should give them credit. If the Baptist got material good enough for me to use, I won't reject it because of where it came from. All I want to know is the material good. Are you with me? You see, I think we have this thing backward. And we will say, ain't nothing right if it don't come, if it don't come from apostolic. That's not true. Amen. If you know what's right, right going to stand regardless who have it. It is, it's going to stand regardless who have it and whoever is done right. That's why the Bible says, uh, he that doeth righteous is righteous. But we know that you can't live right. Number one, if you ain't on the right foundation. Now we know that. So we all got to start our building off. Now listen. 
You don't lay no foundation. I don't lay no foundation. All we is to do is to choose which foundation we going to build on. Because it's already laid. When we choose which one we're going to build on, then we got to know which one one is right. Both of them can't be right. And we can mess up by going to the right foundation, getting on the right foundation, but putting the wrong material on the right foundation. All right, this is what we're going to talk about about tonight and I hope you're with me so far. I hope you are. It's because I've been sort of analyzing this thing. Maybe I shouldn't say. There's more people going to be saved than just apostolic. Uh, you, you might backfire me or call this back to me, but I think I'm prepared to explain what I'm talking about. Amen. Everybody that's baptized that have not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't put them in hell. Lord, I wish I had somebody that, I know you're going to whoop me with this. I repeat, in case that you didn't hear me right, everybody that have not been baptized in Jesus' name and haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost ain't going to hell. Lord, I got you in. God would be unjust if he did that. No one can read us, no one know about us, but God. Don't even know ourselves. You don't even know what's in you right now. So you say you're saved. Until it come to a showdown. And God show us ourselves and what's in us. If he would just flesh flashed a whole picture of you or me and let us see ourselves, we'd probably be so afraid we run. It is some wicked things in us. Y'all don't like that, do you? There is some wicked things in us. I don't know whether I'm on or not. I don't know put this on, but I don't think he even checked the batteries. I preach you one. Nah, I got it up there. You, you stay on your job right up there. <laughs> All right. We have to first understand this. And then we need to know more than we already know about God. Do you know we know just a very little about God? 
He ain't revealing himself like some of us is. And he ain't talking to everybody. Now how does this sound and how does this look to you? The only thing that is keeping us spiritual alive is the Holy Ghost. And God know if I didn't have his spirit, I would be nothing. So that makes you know also again that if we don't have the spirit of Christ, the Bible says we are none of his. And that means that we are nothing. God ain't saving you or didn't save you just because you got his spirit. He's saving you because you are obedient to the Holy Ghost. A lot of us drags the Holy Ghost where we want to care. God speaks to a lot of us through the Holy Ghost and tell us what to do and what not to do is just like God ain't said a thing. But what is the Holy Ghost for? It's for to lead and to guide you in the right way and point you in the ways of God. Some of us are very stubborn. Some of us have already said, I told you this before, and I'm telling you again, I don't care what the Bible said, they said. I want to know what you say. It was a situation they wanted to get out of. Husband and wife. She wanted a divorce. Because she had heard some rumors and things on her husband and backwards and forwards and he just couldn't live right at all. So she said, I want to ask you something. Now, I've been through all of this hell. So but I want to ask you something. And say, I want you to tell me because I'm ready to get out of it. Say, and don't tell me nothing the Bible said. I want to know what you're going to say. I said, then I got nothing to say. See how people can be caught up? How can they let such things come out of their mouth? If we don't hear God, why do we have his spirit? The baptism in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongue, listen, does not put you on the right foundation. Wait a minute, I might have to rephrase that. The Bible said the foundation of the Lord standeth assured, having this seal. God no 
knows them that are his. You may claim to be one place and God says you're not there. Let everyone that is nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So if you don't depart, why does that place you? You cannot be straddling the fence. As I used to hear years ago, people say they straddle the fence. They say, I run for you, devil, and I kick for you, Lord. I run for you, devil, and I kick for you, Lord. Trying to serve too. You can't do it. Let me say, tell you something. As we what we need to consider. And especially we preachers, you ought to stop trying to make somebody shout. Number one. Because you give them that easy stuff, you know what I mean? You tell them about uh, what their life going to be like, how much money they're going to get, what they're going to do, what they're going to get that, and if they, and I see you out there and what's going to happen to you. But the genuine way of holiness will make every man and cause every man to buckle up. I said this once before and we're going to get to this lesson. The Bible said there is a broad road and there is a path. Have you read that? On the broad road it's got no rules. You do anything you want to do and still stay on that broad road. You're going this way and you're going that way and you're just walking all over. Even with your eyes closed. But there is a path. And the Bible says, now and then, it's a traveler. And we so far apart from one another, it's just escape until you ain't even got no company. You're alone. That's the reason where Jesus was coming from. They said there was nobody with him. He was alone. He went in the wilderness. He was alone. He came out of the wilderness. He was alone. This is a tedious journey, a walk. Now, it's one thing to get in the church. And it's another thing to stay in the church. Everybody that got in the church is not going to stay in the church. 
the devil knew who you was before you got in there. He know what you like. And he know that what you see out there really is not good for you, but you think it is. I'm, I think I preach once about three or four years ago about uh, the Peak Pin Blues. And my subject was, I think, I'm changing my lifestyle. And that's what the prodigal son made up in his mind to do was to change his lifestyle. And I want to say to you, when we look beyond the things in this life, and when we tell God to order our steps, that means everything. We have become so blind. Most of us done forgot about heaven, only the name of it. It's bad to say. This world that we are in, that we know about, has everything to offer the people of God that they need. That's why the Bible said, set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. Now it's good to have these things down here. Amen. But always build everything around God. He ain't going to stand for you to build him around things. Look how big God is. I don't think you know. Look how much God got. Look how much God owned. There's nothing in the world under the earth, in heaven, everywhere. There's nothing, regardless of what you see up or down under anything that God doesn't own. He owns everything. And he can do what he wants to do with what is his own. You don't believe that, do you? No, you don't believe that. I'll tell you one way, one reason you don't believe it. When you tie yourself down in debt, that's a headache that'll run you crazy. Oh, your paycheck before you get it made. In debt so you don't know how to get out. In debt so deep your wife can't bail you out by getting her job. 
You can't bail yourself out by getting two jobs. Where do that leave you in God? When do you have time to pray? When do you have time to do what God say do? Now what you going to do? How are you going to get out? How are you going to get out? You remember that little thing we used to play in school? Hedged in and can't get out. It's just like a person when they done committed a crime. I was housing a fugitive way out in the country. And I know, I, I know that he was a convict. But I say, well, it ain't no harm in uh, doing right about human being. So I live way out in the country. He came to our home and uh, said he was hungry and he's tired and had nowhere to go. I said, well, I'm going to feed this man. And I'm going to keep him over night until the next day. I did that. And then I heard that he was wanted. At first I didn't exactly know. But I heard that he was wanted and I had broke the law. And if you are caught housing a fugitive, that you is in a lot of trouble. I couldn't pray. Every time I would get on my knees to pray and I was sincere, Lord, please help me. I could hear a car door slamming. Gates opening where we had these big, great big gates way down there. They was opening. I stopped praying and look up. Car lights. I was Brother, when you is in trouble, you don't know really what to do. But I said, Lord, if you let me get out of this without me going to jail, I won't do this no more. But you got a bad feeling. But when God tell you to do something, he'll give you what you need when come time to use it. He'll give you that grace. He'll give you that courage. He'll give you that faith. Whatever you need in order to go through because when God speaks to you and you obey God then you he is responsible for you amen that's the reason why that I'm glad that when God saved us after he saved us then we were under no condemnation 
as the 8th chapter of Romans said. We are under no condemnation. You know why? It's because what you have been accused of, your life way back there, your lifestyle or whatever kind of life you live, God justified us through the Holy Ghost. Then he said now, no, no man after the flesh. I don't want to know what, how, what, big, what big devil you was out there. But how long you been saved? And what are you over here? It is not good to grab a man or woman as soon as they say, ah, da, 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 da. You don't know whether they got the Holy Ghost or not. And if they do have the Holy Ghost, you don't know what they're doing. Because some people got the Holy Ghost and will still lie. I would like to, like to ask you a question, but don't answer because somebody looked at it. But how many lies have you told since you had the Holy Ghost? Or have you told a lie? I can't afford that. Not just told a lie. How many lies have you told? So if you continue to tell lies, that make you what? A liar? And he said, all liars? I told a lie and I didn't intend to tell it. Told a lie and didn't intend to tell no lie. And that was when I was working, got laid off my job out in the country. Then I was joined unemployed. Seven dollars a week, I told y'all about that. See that way back there, some of y'all wouldn't wait for seven dollars a day or anything. Seven dollars a week. I got me another little side job working for a lady that had cattle. All I had to do was see to the cows and see what they in, how was the fence, and feed them, and that's what I had to do. End of the week, I would get $7. Go to the unemployment office that Monday, sign to uh, sign up again. The ISIS said, well, uh, have you made any money this week? No. You ain't found no job yet? No. All right, I'm sure now I got a check coming uh, next week. And I would. I said to myself, I'm tired of lying. I'm tired of lying. See, sinners get convicted themselves. I don't care if there's a sinner. They get tired of certain things and they, when, when they know it's wrong. I ain't gonna lie no more. 
When I come the next week, all right, all right, I'm signing up. Have you made anything this week? Yes, ma'am. All right, what, you got $7? All right. All right, you won't get nothing this week. <laughs> that $7, what you was going to get, uh, you won't get it this week. I say, now, how in the world did they? I said to myself, going out to the door, I said, I ain't going to tell the truth no more. I said, you can't be honest with these guys. I ain't going to tell the truth no more. <laughs> it gets you in trouble. Sometime it will. But yet truth is the light. And that's what God love is truth. Get me the book of Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16. Any questions before we go anywhere? We just finished the start of Bible class. We're talking about a foundation. And that is something that is very, very important, a foundation. You can't hardly lay a good foundation around here because of this Yezu clay. Sometimes you dig and you dig. Do you know what this building is sitting on without any pollens or anything on? We, sir. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean that. Yes, it had to sit on something. But what I mean, to get down below this Yazoo clay, the contractors had to go beyond 40 feet down. And they were still digging up that clay. It got much harder. But Yazoo clay is funny. It relieves itself. It tightens up in time. And it releases itself in time. It moves. It moves. Now some of y'all don't, don't know what I'm talking about. But I learned a whole lot. And God had me to experience a whole lot when this building was being built. I mean, they went down. But trying to do it cheap, too, they didn't put no pollens on it. Would have or could have helped out a whole lot. But they didn't do that. Now they decided since the Yazoo clay was so deep and they had to do so much and didn't have the money to do it, they put this slab, which used it as a foundation, a floating slab. Now that's what this building is on, a floating slab. It's supposed to float with the moving of the earth. Move that away. And what you're on, you moving now, maybe. <laughs> but you don't know it, you know. And at times, it, it depends upon the time of the year. And when it gets real dry, I mean, it would sort of 
close up. Moisture get out there, then, then it will open up. Or one way or the other, unfortunately, you know uh, all about that. And you never could get nothing steady. Is because the foundation was never set in order like it should have been. I think the further you go out or uh, uh, north, I don't know whether it, it, it get better or worse. But that's the reason why you have a lot of buildings that done shift and done moved and done, and you got to know something about that. All right, so let me tell you a little incident. Before we started building this building, the church on the north side, let's use it like that. Now you don't know what church I'm talking about, but so you can't say nothing. The church on the north side, they lived somewhere way up north. They didn't know nothing about uh, this soil and stuff down here. And they was going to get ahead of me and build in the church. Oh, they got the things out there they needed and they got the dirt dug all out. They thought and it didn't go as deep as they needed to go and they put their church up. Beautiful church. Then the saints went to look at me. Say, you ain't gonna build nothing. Say, here's a man that done come into the city, done build a nice church. 900, 1,000 members. And you even started. Not knowing what I had in mind, what me and the Lord had been talking about. We didn't have enough money. Interest rate was very high. Now I'm in Bible class. I'm teaching. Because I'm talking about a foundation. I'm saying. Because I might lose you. You might say, well, when are you going to stop teaching? I'm teaching now. But I'm going to come to a point. Interest rate was so high. 21 to... 23% and going up. Zinella Fortson and uh, Deacon Quinn, I think. I don't think he's been back uh, to London since. Send them over to London. To, uh, we heard that uh, interest rate was 8%. Oh, say so that's it. We got them over there and they got everything all right. They come back, good news. The money was coming by blocks. It was in the German bank. It was in Swiss bank and all that. And so we waited. We get a phone call, a notice from them, said, your money is on the way, but it's held up. It's, they got some sort of dispute in the German bank and say that's where it is. And we waited and we waited. They said they ain't going to do nothing. 
right in that little small church right back here before it was torn out. I kept saying, the church is going up. They didn't believe me. Members left. Over 50 at a time. And them that had left was over there on the other side of the street trying to pull the youth from over here. And they said that they were trying to tear the church up. Some of them prophesied about what's going to happen to this church. I kept on trying to encourage them. I say, Greater Bethlehem Temple Church is going up. Had our plans for over eight years and looked like all hope was gone. Interest rate came down to about eight and a half to nine percent. The Lord spoke that very day that Sunday, say, Now is the time to build. Amen. See, we didn't know what was the whole up. Or what we just thought maybe thing was going to, but God knew. And guess what? The biggest bank in town is the one that made the loan. Can you remember? Some of you wasn't here, know nothing about it. He said, I know you got money, a little money in the bank. You got a few CDs. And your membership is not that small. But I'm not letting you have that on either one. I'm loaning this money through Bishop Coleman. Amen. Because I believe he'll see to it being paid back. Amen. God blessed us. We just went through. And this man that built so quick, he said, I didn't know. No, he asked at first when he finally was going to be. I would like to see your set of plans. Well, I didn't think nothing of it. But I never got around to them. I said, all right, but they're down there in the annex, you know, church, the church that was down there. See, it's down there. And he said, I sure would like to see him. But God knew what was in his heart. I didn't. He never got a chance to see him. And when God blessed us to really spread out and start building, and what we had to build was even larger than that. You just see a portion of it. That was a gymnasium. That was everything. My God, is, it was already ready to seat about uh, 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 pretty close to 6,000 people. But the one that rushed and built his building, not knowing about the soil and the azure clay, it started collapsing. After a few years, it opened up, it started shifting, even from the parking lot to the steps. And even from the step to the rockets that said they're going to take them out of here, 
they start coming apart and everything. It started raining in the building. I mean, flooding, they said, in the buildings, in the side of it. That's because they did not know. You don't want something that's just going to stand for a little while. Is because there's a flood coming. The rain is coming. It's going to beat on your building. If it ain't what it ought to be, it's going to come apart. Some of y'all did not know you would be facing what you're facing now. Some of y'all thought it was going to be easy. If I could only go and baptize in Jesus' name, all oh, my trouble will be over. Oh no, your trouble just be gone. Hallelujah. The devil is trying to take everything you got. I mean, over the spiritual side. The quickest is not always the fastest. But that's just because he didn't know. If that man had known, the floods was coming. The rain was coming. The wind was going to blow. He would have took more time out and dug down until he got a solid rock and build the church on a solid foundation. Jesus said, up on this rock, not the earth, but this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's going to try all right. It's going to shake it. But you need something to hold on to. No, you don't have to rush. That's reading he said. Before you get into this, before you, that's why I say, this is not for babies. Please get that. It's not for babies. It's for, it's for people who know the value of life. And of being saved. No, it's not for babies. What do we think? A baby can know something's wrong. He can know it's sin because you said sin, but he don't know the consequences. He don't know what's going to happen afterwards. All that he know is right now and then. Y'all may not agree with me. How in the world can a baby count the cost? Is that important? He said, set on price. Nobody know like he know. But he don't want you to fool yourself. He said, set on price. And count up the cost. To see whether or not you would be able to finish what you started. Look what's going to come against you. Since you got enough material. See how far can you go. Since you're able to go all the way. Count up the cost to see whether or not you got the sufficient thing. 
to finish the building. A baby can't do that. A baby can't count no cost. A baby don't know what lies ahead, what's down the road. Some of you didn't know you were going to run in all of this. You just believed and preached and believed it was right. And you gladly accepted it. I'm not trying to discourage you yet. You accepted the right thing, but God wanted to put something in you now. Since you done got in it, you got to set your face like a flint. I'm going through. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I didn't know that my own brothers would turn against me. I didn't know that the other organization who's supposed to be in the same thing would turn against me. I didn't know those that would eat from my table and go to prayer meeting with me, amen, would turn against me, but I see now. I see everything is different, and sometimes you have to walk alone. By yourself. Yes, two is better than one, but sometimes to make it, you have to go along. You didn't know that sometimes you may not have a dime in your pocket. And look like at times all hell has broken loose. And you wonder, do he care? You wonder sometimes, where is God? Many times I wondered, where is God? I couldn't get an answer. I prayed, I fast, I prayed, I fast. Nothing coming in. Where is God? Nothing to ride in sometime walking that long country, dusty road. Going home, no food sometime. The Lord will make a way somehow. I went through. I remember when we was up against such a tough, tough wall, brick wall, it seemed like we needed food. We was making payments on three lots, and we needed food. Only getting A from Detroit, from the missionary department. Thank God for the missionary department. They weren't giving that much, but what they would give. $15 a month. Our time was hard back then. Now just about like in 32, Hoover's time. I remember just as well, I went to my wife and I said, Honey, we, we need some food. We just got that little check at the mailbox of $15. I said, but the rent is due on the lot. 
had never built a church then, was having a service in the home. I said, what are we going to do? She said, put it on the lots. Put it on the lot. She never gave me a hard time. She never rebuked me when nothing wasn't coming in. She worked right along with me. Amen. I'm not saying that Satan wasn't talking to her in time. But she had strength enough to go beyond. I did not see this day. I did not even hope for this day. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm going through it, what I'm going through, but after a while, God's going to give me something better. I never thought of nothing better. All I wanted to do was to please him. Amen. We went through. But we went through to get where we are now. Amen. You were back there pushing, you didn't know. But you was in the making somewhere. And God knew it. And God placed you in it also. And step by step, we made it to where we are now. This is the most talked about, hatedest church that is in Jackson are in the state of Mississippi. They hate this church. But Jesus said, I'm going to build it and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It ain't going down, it's going up. It's found on the lot. He didn't give me this job to make money out of it and to make a good living for myself. He gave me this job that souls will be saved. And then I would preach the right thing. I would do the right thing. I would stand for the right thing. Hallelujah. Now I can look back and I can rejoice. Some of you are living on easy street, which is fine. But don't tell me God won't bring you out. I don't care how far you is out there. And I don't care how deep it may be. God is able to bring you in. He's able to pick you up from way down there. And put you up where he wants you to. Hallelujah. I'm glad that God is God. God is God. And God has never, never made one mistake. You may not understand all this noise, but he had never made even one mistake. So much wrong that he said, I apologize. I moved too fast. When a man ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Amen. I'm glad of the experience. Huh? I'm glad that I can say it was worth it. All the way up tonight, it was worth it. It was worth going hungry for. Waking in the field, nothing to eat, fasting, 
all of that. But look what God took it and done with. Amen. Some of you couldn't have stood it. But you know what? The foundation of the Lord stands assured. Having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. You don't let things pull you down. Now listen here, the reason I'm saying it, what I mean. Uh, Isaiah 28 and 16. Lord, we ain't going to get through, but I'm just, uh, sometimes you look back and you see where you came from, you can rejoice. Ain't that right? You can rejoice and say, look where he brought me from. Hallelujah. I couldn't shout back there while I was in it, but I can shout now as I look back. And, and I can encourage you and say, go ahead, go ahead. He going to bring you out just as sure. Lord have mercy. Sometimes we call for sacrifice, but that's all right. He's standing there looking. And what I love about him so much so, he's able to do what he want to do. Hallelujah. I was thinking the other day, Lord, if I had $20 billion dollars, I, just, I know that's just a dream and a thought, but it don't have to be. It can be possible. I say, I will build the finest church for the Lord. Knowing I ain't got but a few more years, but I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about God's people. And what turned me on when I went to that hospital down there. It's so nice, it ain't got no business being a hospital. It's nice. If you believe I'm exaggerating, go down there. Go to Vicksburg on 60, 61. Rolling fall. Ella Fortune can tell you, you ain't never been in a hospital like that before, have you? You go down there, don't even look like no hospital. I don't like to eat out of hospitals, you know. But my Lord, you couldn't even believe he was in one. If Jesus tarry, I don't know how much longer that the church is going to be here. But when the church is raptured away, I want to be with him. Let me tell you something, the reason why it's so important to live right. Don't you know we're the only one, we that are saved are the only one that is holding the wrath of God back off of this wicked world and earth. We are. The world don't know how important we are. The world hates us. Oh, that old Coleman boy, he ain't nothing, he didn't have nothing. He's taking their money and he's using it on himself. For what? What I got? I could have had the biggest house in Jackson. Landscape out in front. Great big lake out there. I'm talking about what all the money being spent. But where is it? I ain't drinking. I ain't on no drugs. I ain't got no money in London. They say he got money in London. 
IRS said, did you tell me you got money in, in London? I said, who told you that? Tell me you got a lot of money even on you. How much you got on you? I said, you think I would tell you? Maybe I didn't have over $10. You see the reason why we have it so hard down here? This is not our home. Now it depends upon how missionary wife can live. She can't relive. But if she please him, she's much better off than anybody in here. Find out tomorrow night, but she's much better off. Her troubles, her trials, her heartaches, and everything is over. Over. She just would be waiting on that great getting up morning. Hallelujah. I don't just like to preach a funeral, but I love to preach about home going. Because oh, this is not our home. Isaiah 28, 16, read. Therefore... Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. I'm glad. You see how that word is? Huh? It didn't say Jeremiah. It did. It said the Lord. Thus said the Lord. Behold. Look. I lay in Zion. Lord have I don't let. I don't, I'm not letting you just do things by yourself. I'm giving you a pattern. I'm giving you something where you can measure your life by. Are you talking about a lifestyle? I'm giving you what I want. Behold I. Not some architect. But I designed this. I lay in science. For a foundation. Now Zion means the church. Are y'all going to help me in here? It means the church. Hallelujah. You ought to be glad to know you're in the church. I can take me a build this building. Laid it out and everything. But it is not the church. God got something to do with the church. Behold. I lay do I have your attention? Abraham didn't do it. Isaac and Jacob didn't do it. I lay in Zion. Can you see how far that was? That's why that Jesus was able to say, you don't even know me. You don't even know where I came from. You don't know who I am. You're talking about your father Abraham, but before Abraham was, I am. Woo, my Lord. They didn't understand it. Lord, I feel like shouting. I feel like, amen. I'm just talking about his word here. And if you get enough of this in you, you may be rocked and torn and different things, but it'll never move you. 
Demons on the outside may howl, but they can't get inside to get a hold of you is because Jesus is there. Let it roll. But I think if you're alone, you ought to roll wherever you go. Still stand for the truth. Behold, I lay in Zion. For a foundation. For a foundation. A stone. Lord have mercy. Not just something put together, but a stone. A tried stone. Lord have mercy, brother. It's been tested. All the way down and all the way up. A tried stone. He'd been tried. He was tempted and tried in all parts like we are. That's the reason he didn't do nothing wrong. He was tried. He stood every test. He didn't fail a one. Went beyond the law. Tried the Lord wouldn't work. But look at that storm. He, and he said what the law couldn't do. Is that right? What the law couldn't do is that it was weak. My counsel shall stand. I'll do all of my pleasure. I'm sending my son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemn sin in the flesh. Let you know you can live holy. You don't have to sell out to the devil. He's a tried stone. Hallelujah. A precious. Oh, he's precious to me. I'm precious to him. He is precious to me. You're precious to him. He's precious to you. Lord, have mercy. Oh, this is what I love about it. Oh. When you're alone by yourself, he'll walk with you. And don't tell me why. He'll talk with you. And you, you and him can have sweet communion. And he tells me sometimes I'm his own. And we fall in love with one another over and over again. And the joy we share together as we step out. You say, what you throw your hand up for? You don't understand. The joy we share as we tarry there together. Nobody else understands. You be going along sometimes. You say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Go along, you ain't got nothing there. Your mouth may be dry, but you say, no, no, no. ah, oh, taste him. He's good. He's good. He's better than good. He's good. He's good all the time. All the time. He's good. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll make you forget about what you've been through. Oh, yes, he will. 
make you forget about singing that little song. Pain by heartache, scorned by loved one. You see, Brother Hill make you come out of the valley, shouting, coming from down there, saying, victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle, victory! I'm talking about a foundation. He said, look, I don't care. Nothing about the consequences. I see all the valleys. I see everything that is movable, but I will lay in Zion. Hallelujah. They couldn't get rid of it. Hallelujah. And you may not believe it, but I declare I believe what the Bible says. Huh? That is a city. It ain't been revealed and been known down here yet, but it's coming down. Now, now you may not believe the testimony of John, but I believe there's a city that's coming down out of heaven. The Bible declares that's got 12 foundations. Hallelujah. A city. And he said it wasn't going to be up there too. Ain't no thieves and no robbers. You robbing, you getting God's tithes. You ain't going to be saved if you don't stop. You robbing God, that ain't yours. You wrap yourself up in so much debt until you ain't able to give God what is his. And then you say, I can't pay. It ain't yours. If God would get what he wanted from you, he'll bless you more so, and you wouldn't have to have all these different offerings. God knows what it takes to take care of his church. But you haven't got so stingy, you'll say, what's mine? And what's mine? And I got this, and I got this to pay for, and everything. Honey, if you just obey God, you may not see your way out at all, but if you just obey God, he'll bless you for giving him what belongs to him. Let alone the offering. You can't be them given. But you done got yourself all wrapped up. Now you can't even pray. Your cause is in jeopardy. Your home is in jeopardy. You feel like that the man, uh, the mortgage company is coming out and possess all you got. God just might let them do it. God never intended for that overpressured because of the thing that you got who you think you are God can let you live a long time or he can let you have a short life then whose thing shall these be a foundation are you on it it's a Sure foundation. Huh? It's unmovable. By my Lord. Hallelujah. It's a foundation that's been laid by him. Oh, I'm glad of this. Huh? 
You don't know how to make things meet. All these different jobs and things you got, it ain't none of them working for you. Holes in your pocket, money going out. Little as much if God is in it. You'd be surprised, you'd be surprised. God knows how to multiply. All we know how to do is to subtract. The prophet Isaiah, he looked. Moved by God. Way before Jesus was declared to come on the scene. Say, this is what I want everybody to look forward to. Tell them to be a whole lot late inside. For a foundation. For a foundation. A stone. A stone. A tribe. Not stone, stone but a stone. A what? A tribe stone. A, have you tried it? Oh, y'all ain't talking. Have you tried it? Have you tried Jesus? How is he? <laughs> A tried stone. Read. A precious cornerstone. Oh, he's so precious to me. A I love the saying about him. He is precious to me. And he's what? A sure foundation. He's a sure found. God guarantees him. Is that right? He said, try him. If you ain't what I say is, I'll give you your money back. <laughs> money back guarantee. A sure foundation. He that believeth. No, he that believeth. Shall not. Shall make. not. Shall not do what? Make haste. Shall not. Make it. You don't have to be in a hurry about it. You don't have to worry about what the word said about it. Amen. But if Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me wherever I be if he is there. Huh? If I'm in hell, it's heaven if he's there. Hallelujah. Read. Judgment also will I lay to the line. All right, listen to this now. And righteousness to the plummet. Uh -huh. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. Now it's telling you now if you are on this foundation what to expect. But it's been tested already. Now let me let me let me get you something else right quick before I uh, get me Romans 15 and 20. A foundation. All right. Yay. Yay. So have I strived to preach the gospel. Uh-huh. Not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. See, that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to build up on a man's foundation. That's the reason it's always given away. That's when you're always having trouble with it. 
I don't care how new it is. Look at these new cars coming out. And then they find something wrong with them. Got to send them just about all back to the factory. Isn't that right? Your car ain't as good as that old car. Just look better, that's all. I'll tell you what I got to do. Knowing the word of God is so precious and so good. And don't forget we're talking about a foundation. Some of us is on the foundation, the right foundation, and using the wrong material. That's possible. Some of us is on the wrong foundation and using the right material. What you gonna do with it? Then that's me. You got to understand and got to be sure before you start to build on the foundation, be sure it's the right one. And be sure your material is the right type of material. It won't hold up. Where's Brother Rice? It is. In my penthouse over here, I don't go... <laughs> I don't go up there too much, but in building it, he uh, for the steps and things is all right. But now it's got something else. It's got something to hold to uh, coming down. You know what I mean? When I started down the other day, I found out I like to fell those things was rotten. Nothing rotten out just that quick. I said, Lord, if I had fell, I would have been looking for Brother Rice. He put the wrong kind of material up there. And tell him, if I don't forget to tell him, tell him. The wrong type of material up there. That stuff. The weather been beating on it, it's been raining on it, and everything, and it's done rotten it through and through. And it was something to hold on to about that big too, you know, just coming down those bars, you know. And now they done decayed all the way through. Amen. But you ought to do something thinking about eternity. Now this is too much to give you tonight what I have here. So what about me saving some? If you give you too much, you'll forget it. But if it's good, you'll study be reaching. Trying to get what you need. But you need every bit of what I'm talking about tonight. Some of it may not have sound good to your ears. 
But it's all about him. It's all about him. And that's what this whole world is. Everything is all about him. He's the author. He's the finish. If Jesus tarried, expect to go through something. If Jesus tarried, Look to go through with something. It's going to happen. He's telling us all the time. And we ain't wise enough to read the sign. Every 12 or 13 years, those things that they call, whatever they call, coming about the ground, what do you think they have for that? And they come up at the exact time. That is a sign. And you ought to be glad there ain't no locusts. You ought to be glad. You need to read the sign. God's going to let something speak to us. Because we have let ourselves down. Our guard's down. Our fence is down. Things walking in. God told you not to marry who you married. And now you got to suffer the consequences. How foolish can we be? There was a sister that was told, said, don't you marry, don't you marry that man? If you do, you're going to have trouble, just like others having trouble. You know what her reply was? Yes, I see that and I know that. But let me dance in the fire with him. Get married and right, get married to the right person is something to be enjoyed. You hear that? It, it's something to be enjoyed. But we are so, we've been taught foolish things and things so long until we, everything that we don't understand is bad. But you got to tell them just like it is. As I told a young lady the other day, I say sex ain't nasty. Sex is to be enjoyed. But it's only for married people. Only for married people. You get out there and do what a married man and daughter, a uh, man and wife and daughter, you're going to be in trouble with God. And I've known that to happen. There was a man having sex and he couldn't take it. He had a heart attack right on top of his victim. 
When he had a doubt, he was. It will give you a heart attack. Now, I'm not playing. And you looked at me right now and said, well, you done gone further enough now, you need to quit. It'll give you a a heart attack. It'll kill you. Sex is like the Holy Ghost. You couldn't stand it. That's reading God have to let you know. And then it's off. You let it stay on your while. You let the Holy Ghost stay on your while. You couldn't stand it. So God just let let it touch you, you know. I need the earth. I Oh, you can sing that? I need oh bless me me now my I do somebody ain't saying it and know that you need the Lord you ought to get up and come now 
Have you started? Is you on the foundation? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? In water in the name of Jesus Christ? For the remission, a removing of sin? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? His Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in another language. I'm not talking about no jabber jab. I'm talking about speaking as the Spirit of God give utterance. If you have not experienced this, you ought to do like He's ordered you to do. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened under you. Accident and shall be given. He's ready to give it to you. Is something that you will appreciate as long as the world stands. Is there one? Is there one that will say yes to him tonight? Or is there one that have started and said, since I've started, I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going back. His heart will have gone too far to turn around now. Just one. What a different. What a different. He has made in my life. Can you say the same? Hallelujah. All right. I would like to impress upon you. Husband and wife, since you've got into it, amen, you got to make the best out of it. Because there's not another one for you. If you missed it, it's your fault. You let him fool you. You know, if you let her fool you, it's your fault. I said the other night to a young lady, I say you can ask God for whoever you want to. Everybody ain't a virgin. Everybody can't be a virgin. If you want to get married and you're not married, ask God to give you a husband. You don't have to ask him what kind. God know what kind to give you. You don't have to say, Lord, give me a good husband. If he give you one at all, it's going to be good. Oh, you don't have to give me a good husband. He know what to give. Amen. But go out there and get something on your own and then try to get rid of it. It's goodbye, Katie. Amen. Sometimes you can live so you wish he was dead. It's just that miserable sometimes. Well, I would want to just experience a married life. Try it out. His for keeps. Whether you like it or not. All right. We're ready for the rest of our announcements. Some of the announcements have been already made, so don't leave. And we're going to let you out. We want you to...
get your announcements together. Now, and listen to what's going to be starting tomorrow night. Praise the Lord. Briefly, your announcements. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock p.m. will be the homegoing services of Missionary Watkins. Now, do you all hear that? Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, that does not mean that those that is going to help participate and be in the funeral, the choir, that you be here at 6 o'clock. You is to be here at 5.30 or no later than a quarter to 6. Choir members be in the choir stand. Amen. I know, I hope the musician will be here. Amen. On time as well as the choir members. I want all preachers, ministers, you don't have to put on a roll. Amen. But if you're here, when we march in, I want all the ministers, amen. Male and female is to be with us as we march down the aisle. Remember, this is supposed to be a homecoming, a homegoing. So, Let's be here where we can start on time, get out on time. All right. Also, in addition to that, the missionary department members, you are asked to be flower bearers. Also, six brothers are needed to be pallbearers, and you can see Minister J.C. Johnson for more details. The choir will be singing in your choir robes. Also, all ministers' wives, you're asked to wear white on tomorrow evening at the homegoing services. The children's church, children's church parents and staff, you will have a very important meeting concerning our trip to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, Monday night after service in the choir room. The meeting will be very brief, but we do need to give you important information. This comes from Sister Brenda Rollins. Also, uh, the Mother's Day baskets giveaway by the children's church will be Sunday following following morning service rather your mom or wife's name will be added to the drawing once for each dollar you donate to the children's church see us tonight in the lobby this is the last chance also from sister brenda rollins if you're 55 years or older five five alive invites you out this saturday morning at 9 30 a.m we will have a special guest speaker sister nitra mcelroy our nurse practitioner will focus on special issues